0: Hey, welcome, guys. Thanks for tuning in to another episode of the Angry Jim podcast. I'm your host, Angry Jim. And today I have the one and only Jamie Basco. Jamie writes uh, about the flyers for Philly Sports Network. They're always putting out great, great content, so be sure to give them a follow, guys. Uh, before I divulge into our topics, here's how you can listen to our podcast and future episodes. Uh, you can find us on Anchor, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, and most other podcast platforms. Jamie, thanks for joining me today. This is a real treat, not just for me, but for everyone listening. Uh, i got to say, I love your enthusiasm, man, uh, about the Flyers, uh, whether they're winning or, in the case this year, they're losing. You always seem to find the positives, and, and in a sports city like Negadelfia, guys like you are few and far between, so thanks again for joining me today. Um, how you doing?
1: Uh, I'm doing great. Uh, it's an honor, Jim, to uh, come on your show uh, for you, not only not only to represent you, but for your listeners, for your viewers. And I appreciate the time that they have taken under their day to not only listen to you, but to listen to myself as well. You know what? I, I, it doesn't matter how bad the Flyers are. I'm a Flyers man, you know, and, and, and that's all it is. You have to – there's only so much pessimism I can take. Uh, I try to be as optimistic as possible. This has been a tough season for all of us. Let's be honest, uh, all Flyer fans uh, – I'm sure didn't expect it. I sure, I surely didn't expect uh, this season to go the way it had. Uh, for one, in my preseason predictions, I thought we'd finish with 102 points. I thought we'd finish four points higher than last year. I, I'm, uh, I'll be honest, there uh, it's been anything but you know a storybook season. But you know what? There have been a lot of positives this season. In the same token, and all I got to say is, let's go Flyers because we're on a three-game winning streak here. Hell oh, yeah! And I'm sure you know with the way the season has gone. Not many of us would have even thought that we'd go on a three-game winning streak to end out the break, right? <laughs>
0: yeah, perfect way to go into the break if you ask me. You know, going go in with a little steam.
1: <laughs> yeah, uh, uh, it, it's great. It's great. And, and you know what? I, I think we're not all surprised about why we are – well, one of the reasons why we're on a three-game winning streak. Let's start with starter heart. <laughs> Forget Carl. It's starter heart, Jim. I'm sure you're with me on that, right?
0: Hell yeah, he's your boy. I I know you love Carter hard If you guys, I mean, I read your article. Uh, you had the chance to interview him, which it, it was an awesome interview. Um, what do you think he's brought to this team?
1: Uh, he's brought enthusiasm. He's brought he's brought happiness. You see, like being in the locker room a few a few weeks ago during practice, guys were smiling, and uh, I'm fortunate to be around the team a little bit and stuff. You know, whether it's at practice or. You know, following the games, you know, being in the press area, I got to thank the Philadelphia Flyers for that. Thank you very much. Uh, I know some of them listen to podcasts and stuff, so if any of them and you know the uh, you know echelon of the PR staff are listening to the show, thank you very much for the credentials. And we wouldn't be here without their support, and of course the fans. Uh, you guys are phenomenal. But um, you know, there's communication again. These guys, uh, after we after we were defeated to the Ottawa Senators, uh, four to three. Uh, what was that, back in the beginning of December, middle of December, somewhere around there?
0: Yeah, I think I was at that
1: was one. no communication in that locker room at all following the game. Guys were depressed. Travis Connect, after giving his interview, had his hands on his head, you know, holding his head down. And, like, he was almost in tears. I felt bad for the guy. I wanted to console him. There was a lot going on at that time, you know, with the firing of uh, Dave Axtall, you know, oh, coming in and, you know, gathering a new uh, general manager. So, it was just a whirlwind week that week, but... I just felt bad bad for the guys at that time, and they were just unfocused. And now, with Carter Hart coming a few weeks ago, like you said, I had the pleasure of interviewing him. He's happy. He's giddy. The players around there are giving him pats on the back, you know, in practice and just laughing. They're they're communicating again, and he just brought a jolt, a bolt of energy to that team that, that, that was missing. It was a missing element. And whether it's because of the way the season's going was going, whether it's because of some guys having down years, let's get that's all a factor as well. Let's not let's not mistake Proveroff, on a decline in the way he has this year has been a major factor as into the record and points. Uh, Shane Gothers bears in the same token, although he's come you know gotten a lot better as of late, and you know uh, Nolan Patrick for that matter, finally he's starting to heat up. The, uh, he was supposed to take the next step this year, so that was a missing element. Even Travis what has been inconsistent at times. And uh, JVR, for that matter, is now starting to heat up. You're starting now to see why we all thought that they should be the 102-point team that we thought before the season. JVR starting to come on. Norman Patrick starting to come on. Proby has looked better. Jane Gothis bear has looked better. And, of course, what do we have? We finally have goaltending. Oh, my God. When was God. the last time we had goaltending? President Reagan. I get goosebumps Goals. when
0: you say that, man.
1: It, it, it's the truth, it, uh, and I'm sorry to be so truthful about that. And I can't, I can't ridicule the Flyers organization for, the, for us being in this you know situation that we are. If you th- this year, yes. Uh, but past years, no. You think about it. They, they tried signing John Van Biedsbrook. They've gone out and gotten a big fish in Ilya Brzgalov. They've gone out, they had Roman Cechmonic, they've had a Steve Mason, who was decent for us. You know, he was probably our last goaltender, let's be honest, aside from Brian Elliott. But, you know, Brian Elliott can't stay healthy. The Michael Norberts can't stay healthy. John Van Biesburg didn't pan out. Uh, Kelly Lundberg, unfortunately, you know, had a, uh, you know, I'm not even going into that situation. We already know what happened. You know, it's just, this has been the curse of the organization. And it hasn't been because they haven't been trying. yes. I will ridicule Ron Hexall for not showing up this uh, position, you know, this past off season, you know, when the, some other goaltenders were available like Robin Lanner or you know, Curtis McEnany, although I wasn't a huge fan of McEnany. If anybody I wanted Robin Lanner, he was my guy that I wanted, you know, this past off season. Look what he's done for the New York Islanders. It's no surprise that they're in first place. Of course they would be. I mean when Robin Leonard's had a two point one four GAA, what are you gonna do? I mean he's he, they had a really good year, you know, for New York and Barry Trotz over there. They got a well renowned coach. Yeah. You know, but the Flyers have starter heart. He's six, five and 1 with a 2.66 GAA and a 0.918 save percentage. And you know what, Jim? I'm not even looking at the record this year, and I might not even be looking at his GAA this year. What I'm more concerned about with starter heart is a save percentage because that is the tall tell sign of how well a goaltender is and have a 0.918 in 12 starts we shouldn't be surprised about this he's donned a canadian sweater for two terms of the wjc how much pressure is it jim of wearing that canadian sweater for that nation you know for two terms we could sit here and say oh well there's a lot of pressure in philadelphia yeah there is but there's a lot of pressure for for canada too when you're representing canada you're representing the birthplace of hockey and uh, i think we're not all you know i think we all know that but It's a lot of pressure. It is a lot of pressure to succeed for Team Canada. If you do not succeed, if Carter Hart did not succeed for two of those terms, would he be starting today for the Philadelphia Flyers? I would probably go on an adventure and say most likely not. They probably would have at least dashed him in the AHL for a year to two years. But he performed well on the big stage, and that was one big stage. And that's why I wasn't surprised at how well he played against Montreal last night. He played against Montreal – He's been there before. He's played in Canada before. He's played for Team Canada, you know, and stuff. So he wanted that, and to get the iconic chow on top of the. <laughs> I yeah, didn't that. see that yet. Yeah. I, mean, I mean, was that a, a surreal moment for Carter Hart? I bet you his family that he loves so much—his mom, his dad, Parker—and he loves his aunt Tony, who is phenomenal on Twitter. But Aunt Tony, he loves Aunt Tony. He mentioned that to me two weeks ago—that she's an amazing woman. They were all in tears i guarantee it if, if you see your son up there or nephew or your cousin and you're looking at him with that towel that means a lot to the canadians that's for sure and to see that towel around his neck i'm sure that that was brought tears of joy like i mean it's like no other i'm looking at my son noah here mm-hmm. and i can only imagine how i would be and you know what even though i'm a male I'm, i could be a basket case at times and i'm sure if that was known on that stage, I would cry too.
0: Oh, hell yeah, man. I, I'm the same way. Yeah, are you kidding me? And, and what blows my mind is this is a 20-year-old kid. He, he, put yep. the, he put his entire nation on his back, and then he comes to Philly, a place where you know, it, it's tough on goalies. That's pretty, uh, it's pretty yep. well known that, that goalies come here, and they don't last you know, for more than a couple years. He's coming here, and it, this, it's like it's nothing for him. Like he he yeah. wants to be here, you know. This is how it's supposed to be for him. He was born for this. He's here. He's taking it in stride. He's changing the culture of the team, which which is amazing to me for a twenty year old kid. Uh, I, I I can't believe it.
1: Yeah, when you're thinking about a twenty year old and how well that locker room is now, we have. Let's not forget, we have a Wayne Simmons in there. We have a Claude Giroux in there. We have a Jake Borachek in there. You know, we have some vets there you know Andrew McDonald for that matter you know that we all know you know has good locker room presence when you think of that and then this 20 20 year old comes in and gives life to this club i mean that, that i mean it, it's amazing it's amazing story and i'm I'm very happy that the vets have accepted him and i think that's why he's at ease too is because the vets came in and have shown him the ropes and, and and you know and i think it's a great thing i just think it's a great thing When you look at all the vets, when you first come in for us when we sign in and get our credentials, there's three players that are in that tunnel playing basketball together because there's a basketball hoop in the tunnel where you go through to get up to the elevators for the press area. There's three players there, Jake Voracek, Wayne Simmons, and Claude Giroux are all together every game before the game playing basketball there, You know, just shooting hoops together. They're best buds, and for them to accept a 20-year-old into the you know their environment and have welcomed him with open arms. I think gives him Carter Hart a sense of confidence and it calms him down and it makes him more comfortable. And like I said, he's he, like like you said too. He's been there before for the WJC. This is, is like you said. It's it's a walk in the park for this kid. It is amazing at how comfortable, calm, cool, as collect, cool as a cucumber. This kid is. It, it, it's an amazing story. It really is.
0: You're giving me goosebumps again, man. I, like it's something that we've never seen here in Philadelphia. I mean, and not that I've seen. I'm 31 years old. I've I've never seen a goalie <laughs> like this. You know, usually like they're they're like the the whipping boy. Everyone's throwing stones at the goalie. This this kid's the savior. He's 20 years old. I don't know how to handle it.
1: Tim, I got goosebumps running up and down my body talking about it. Man. I could go on and on and on. Trust me, you don't want me to be on your show. You need tape after tape to record me with it. Trust me.
0: No, I love it. I love it. <laughs> so so I don't want to be the Debbie Downey here, but there's a couple guys who also play in the goalie position that are due to come back pretty soon. Uh, a specific name is Brian Elliott. Um, what does that mean for Carter Hart? Is there a possibility that he's sent down, uh, or, or can they play as tandem? Uh
1: that- uh, there, there's no, uh, at, at this point in the season, there's no way that they could send down Carter Hart. Uh, and, and the reason I say that, let, let's, let's be honest here, he puts butts in the seats. That's first and foremost. Anytime the Flyers are making a profit, they're looking, and, and that was probably one of the reasons why he was called up. Not only for, not only, uh, it's not necessarily that, you know, I disagree with Chuck Fletcher. I agree with him that he was one of the few goaltenders that could stay healthy this year for the Flyers organization. But let's be honest here. First and foremost, they're looking at their numbers and seeing, okay, the attendance is down, the attendance is down, merchandise is down, merchandise. How do we revamp this? How do we put bucks in the seats? How do we bring up our merchandise? How do we get people loving the Flyers? Gritty can only do so much. Gritty is not – he of course, he's a story now, and he always will be, but he's not as popular as he was. He's still popular. I'm not saying that he's not. <laughs> but, but you know, the craze of the Gritty is out now. So what was a way for them to put butts in the seats and merchandise? Carter Hart. He is he he is one reason why I guarantee the majority of fans are even tuning in today is to watch Carter Hart. So they, uh, in my eyes, honestly, I would Jim, I, I would be very surprised if they send him down. I think Brian Elliott is targeting mid-February as a return to the Philadelphia Flyers. Do I personally believe that he can return to full health? I have no idea. He, he is practicing now, as most well know with the team and he was on the ice you know for their last practice you know which was Thursday I mean Friday excuse me I do not I I I would be shocked if Elliot suits up for the Flyers again wow Uh, I I this injury I think this is my own personal opinion I'm going off no medical you know no nothing in you know none of the Flyers organization I just how how can you ride with Elliot, an unhealthy Elliot. I, I mean, that was, that was major core surgery, what he came back with. He, re- he had a hip surgery. You know, I mean, he, he's had some major surgeries here. I think the Flyers should go with a heart Stolars tandem. They have to figure out what they have in Stoley. They cannot no longer use Neubert. And although Fisher did mention him saying that he'd be around, he'd be healthy by at the end of uh, possibly as early as the end of this week, you know, during the break. But could you trust him? No. I mean, it, I mean seriously. Let's be honest here. The guy has had eighteen or nineteen injuries for the Flyers throughout his Flyers career.
0: That's incredible.
1: Can you trust him anymore? I mean, he—he's—it's not his fault. He's just cursed that way. And uh, you know, when he's healthy, Northrup is a solid goaltender. Playoffs, he crunch time, he's there. He's—he's he's a good goaltender. However, that's the thing. When healthy, when has he ever been healthy for more than three games this season? Yeah. I mean, he's—he's uh, uh, he's cursed. So to me, although Stolars did get hurt, and he's been out, what, three to four weeks now? Yeah. I, you have to figure out what, what they have in Stolars. If, he, if say, they say, okay, you know what, forget Stolars, let him stay with the Phantoms and stuff, well, then at year's end, he's pretty much gone. They have to figure out if he is in you know, this organization or not. And at this time, i say he's not, but that's where, I mean, if he goes, for instance, Offseason, he goes to another team and kills it. Stays healthy, has a really good season. How stupid would the Flyers look
0: with not know? even and seeing it, what he's got? Right. Yeah,
1: right. Exactly. And he hasn't. It's not that he hasn't been given a fair shake by the Flyers. They have done everything in their power to give him a fair shake. But now, like, why, why? Since we're out of it, why ride with Elliott? Why ride with Nurbur? To me, the only option is to see what you have in Stoli. And, yes, he, he hasn't been playing the best with the Phantoms, but let's be honest, Carter Hart necessarily didn't play the best with the Phantoms either. He got more consistent towards those last eight or nine games towards his call-off, but the AHL is at an all-time record high for goals scored. So all these numbers are going to be skewed for a lot of these goaltenders down there who are playing for the AHL, for the Toronto Marlies even, you know, for Springfield, all these different teams. You know, even, even you know, uh, who's the uh, goaltender coming up in the uh, Washington capital system? I forget his name. His name's on the tip of my tongue. Uh, uh, Samsonov. Yeah, Samsonov. Even, even Samsonov is struggling, per se, at the AHL level. But is he really struggling? Uh, the, the AHL uh, is just tough right now. If you don't have a GAA over three, I mean, you're a really good goaltender wow. and you deserve a shot. You know, it's at an all-time high for goal scorer. So I just, and you look at what Carter Hart's done here in his just 12 games in his in his NHL career. And you, wow, how is his number so different than the Phantoms' numbers? Well, the, the NHL isn't at an all-time high for goals scored as the AHL is. So I think your numbers are going to be skewed at the AHL level than the NHL level. And that's why I think that, for those reasons, I think Stolars should be the backup goaltender. But you are right. They are facing a conundrum here with Elliott Norberth. One way they could get out of this conundrum is, of course, Mike McKenna will probably more than likely be gone at the end of his 30 days uh, because they have to keep him for 30 days since they selected him off the of waivers before they could re-waive re- him again. And what I would do is I would uh, waive Carter um, – excuse me, waive Norberth he clears waivers. Send him down to the Phantoms with an Elliot. I don't know what you're going to do. Yeah, I really don't. Fletcher has to be pretty creative here to get rid of that contract. But I can tell you, Hart has to stay up. It's of the best interest for the Flyers organizations for him to stay up, especially when he has numbers like this. A Sandheim. People compare him to Sandheim, but let's be honest, Sandheim struggled. And he, he 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 was the writing was on the wall for him to be sent down to the AHL because he struggled a bit there. Was he good at times? Yes, but he was very inconsistent. So that was rightfully so to send him down. Carter Hart, with the exception for one game played, has been very very consistent. There's a difference between him and Sandheim, and that is the difference is consistency. Carter Hart has been very consistent, as Sandheim was not until he got recalled up, and now look at him. Now he's an awesome defenseman. You know he's one of our better defensemen. So I'm, you know, and it's great because I love Sanheim, and I always, I, I'm like most Flyers fans, and I'm sure it's like you, Jim. Sanheim, in my eyes, was always going to succeed anyway. Yeah. It was just a matter of when it was all going to come together, and it's great to see it all come together after his call from the Phantoms last season.
0: Absolutely. Um, so before I move on to the our next topic, Jim. Uh, I want to ask you, having, if you're a player, um, having a rotation of goalies, what seems like every other night, every other week, uh, compared to having you know a solid number one, a solid guy back there like Carter Hart, does that make a, a difference to you as a player, do you think? Does it make a difference in the locker room? Because you never know what you're, what you're getting back there when you have the uh, carousel of goalies.
1: Does make oh, yeah absolutely. yeah, absolutely it makes a difference, Jim. You're, you're, and you use the perfect word for it, carousel. And that's what this uh, carousel has been for the past two years for the Flyers organization with, you know, whether it's Brian Elliott or whether it's Michael Norberth or whether you got to recall somebody from the Lehigh Valley Phantoms and then Alex Lyon, it has been a carousel for the past two years. And that's why I I do give a little criticism here to Ron Hextall because he didn't shore this up in the offseason when it should have been shored up, at least with Lovren Leonard. And you look at Robin Leonard today, And look how well he succeeds, you know, with the uh, New York Islanders. It's it's a great story, and Leonard getting a change of scenery and just being lights out for them. And he's a free agent at year's end, so I hope the Flyers do target him for a stopgap goaltender for to groom Carter Hart. But yes, you're absolutely right. It, It it gives the players, it makes them more comfortable. It makes them more comfortable in a sense where Carter Hart can make that save, like that you know. Flyers get off to tough starts, you know, to start the game, whether it's the first period or whether it's the first period and a half or whether it's even for 40 minutes of the game and they only play 20 minutes until they get their, you know, legs back in them. But when you have a Carter Hart back there that is making that save to keep them not only in the game, but keep this game scoreless, Montreal could have, I'm going to be honest, watching that first period yesterday, it was 13 to 1 in shots. But, you know, at the end of the first, how many goals could have Montreal scored? Let's be honest. At least three or four. It, that period should have been three or four. Nothing, Montreal. He just made these phenomenal saves, like wraparounds on Houdron. You know, uh, I mean, you, Charles uh, Houdon. I mean, it, it, it was this guy. It gets them comfortable. It makes them comfortable knowing that he can make that save until they get, you know, their legs under them for whatever reason, whether it's travel issues. or I'm not making excuses like that, but you know, just whatever, understand. clearing their minds. You know, mentally, because we don't know what's going on in their daily lives, you know, at home. Maybe they had a fight with their wife or something or, you know, something like that is affecting them. And then it takes them time to clear their head. And yes, they are professional athletes, but it still affects them in some way. But they know that they have Carter between the pipes making that save. It, it makes them at ease to know that, okay, we know who's starting tonight. It's Carter Hart. We know that he can make that save. F need B. F need B. He'll be there to be our backbone for us until, until, unfortunately, until the game starts to turn our way.
0: I love that point that you just made too because if I, I think for me, if I'm a player, uh, having the same guy in net every night is one less thing for me that I have to think about. Uh, is it going to be yep. Nuvi tonight? Is it going to be McKenna? If it's Nuvi, is he going to get hurt? If it's uh, Elliot, is he, is he going to get hurt? Or uh, is he going to be able to make this save? Or if we come out flat, can he bail us out? If it's Carter Hart, if it's the same guy every night, I, I now have that confidence. I only have to worry about what I do in front of him. You know? Yep. Um, so, so great points by you. Um, if, if I can move on here, is there anything uh, you wanted to touch on more with, with Carter? I know we could talk about him all day long.
1: <laughs> right? i just honestly like uh this kid uh if you guys had a chance to meet him you in person you would know exactly what i'm talking about and we see him in interviews and and stuff he just looks so composed but you can see it in his eyes like the kid is more than determined at succeeding at this level and that you know hearing him how well he talks about his family you know to me about his aunt tony about his mom and dad and and Parker, you know, it, it, it you, you, he he does not seem like a 20-year-old. He, he, he seems like he's a veteran, like at the age of 30. He, he's like, it is unbelievable that this kid is 20 years old. And we can say that all day about professional athletes. And, yeah, they, they should be like that because they're making millions of dollars or whatever, but they're still human beings in the same token. They put their pant legs on one leg at a time, just like you and I. And, you know, for him to, to – know that okay this is why I'm at this point in my career I wouldn't have been able to do it without my family you don't hear that from a lot of 20 year olds and it's just great it is great it it is great and you know oh if I continue to talk about my family I'm gonna be tarnished by my friends they are gonna think you know whatever this kid he don't care he loves his family and and you know what Philadelphia loves you Carter Philadelphia loves you hell
0: yeah all right so at that let's move on a little bit so we could stay with the young guys a little bit i have uh i read an article about uh the flyers prospect Stockwatch by john gove actually of your philly sports network uh he mentioned a couple prospects on there there was a lot more than i'm going to talk about to, or mention today um but i picked out a couple that that maybe people aren't too familiar with um in igor zamula who's having an outstanding season this year wyatt wiley uh, Wyatt Kalinick and Tanner Lachinski. Uh, and if yes. uh, if you want to touch on Samuel Erson a little bit, so we could start out with with Igor, is that how you say his name?
1: Yeah, so he has two pronouns. Uh, he's Jaeger, okay or, or YEGOr or Igor uh, EGOR. So there's two uh, there's two different types to his name, but Samuel, uh, he is a really good player for the Calgary hitman. Uh, you know Brad curl, the PR he's a PR director the uh, Calgary Hitman, and it, it, when he says that, hey, they got a good one, that means they got a good one. Uh, I've uh, known Brad for a few years now, and he is uh, not only a really good guy, but he knows he knows he, he knows his players for sure. He groomed uh, Sanheim. and uh, I mean, it's no surprise that y- y- Igor, you know, is in the situation he is. Uh, I think he's moves up the pipeline sort to speak it's hard. I, I agree with John. John is phenomenal. He's a phenomenal prospect writer for us, but he, he just really knows his prospects anyway, but he, he made a point, uh, this past week. He was like, I really can't do the top 20, you know, prospects is so hard, you know, at top 10. Yes. After that, it gets kind of dicey and he's absolutely, I know it exactly what he's talking about. You don't want to rate guys too low or too high. And, uh, Igor, is rated high within the uh, organization, absolutely within the top 10. If not top 10, definitely 11th or 12th. He's a puck-moving defenseman. He puts the biscuit in the basket. He shoots at will, and you you look at his stats. What's he got, 36, 37 points this season? Yeah, something like that. Amazing, yeah. Uh, uh, It is absolutely amazing that this kid went undrafted, and the Flyers were fortunate to bring him in as a camp invitee and uh, offer him an entry-level contract, and rightfully so, because he kicked butt he kicked butt right from rookie camp. I mean, I got to know a little bit about him in the, uh, you know, locker room, you know, for rookie camp. And it, 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 he, <laughs> not a bad kid at all. He's got a good head on his shoulders, too. He, His family love him. He, he doesn't forget about them. And, uh, you know, he, he just wants to get better. That's about his thing. He works on his skating. He works on his defensive, uh, you know, defensive abilities, obviously. But he wants to be as puck moving as he, as he can. And, boy, has he really come to fruition this season. You mentioned uh, Wiley. Yep. Man, I, I mean, this kid, this kid is in the same token. I mean, he plays for the Everett Silver Tips. He has seven goals and 27 assists for 34 points in 46 games played. It's, he is becoming more of an offensive force, and that's exactly what he wanted to become known as, an offensive puck machine. And boy, has he ever come on this year. Not only the difference between Wiley and Zamula, They're both very similar, and they both are, uh, to me, they both are mid- to upper-tier defensemen, both of them. And I know Wiley is more underrated than Zamula, rightfully so, because people are still, like you said, starting to get to know who Wiley is and stuff. But they're both puck-moving defensemen, but they don't get caught. They don't get caught. They know when to pinch at the right times. And that's a big thing when you're playing junior hockey. You have to know when to pinch because they're going to do the same thing at the AHL level especially in the phantoms organization, you know within the phantoms so when they come to the phantoms that's what scott gordon was scott gordon wanted his defensemen to be very active and you look at him and they are felipe myers is now coming into his own with you know being active because he's healthy but gordon won it gordon has said quote unquote quote, my defensemen are going going to be active so i'm very happy that simula and wiley are learning this you know, whether it's for the pitman or whether it's for the silver tips, at such a young age, because when they come to the Flyers, and now under Terry Huffman, who has pretty much the same system as as Scott Gordon, they're gonna have to be active and know when to pinch. And both of these and both of these players do. The one person I'm worried about the most that you touched on is Tanner Lazinski And I'm only worried about Tanner because he has been nominated for the Hobie Baker Award this year. Uh, and Let's just say he has eight goals and 17 assists for 25 points in 21 games played. He had a slow start to the season. His first 10 or 11 games, he only had like three points, which was very untanner like coming back from last year because he was a Hobie Baker nominee as well last year. I'm worried about Tanner because at year's end, uh, at, at, at the completion of his stay at Ohio State, I, I find it hard to believe that he will sign an ELC with the Flyers. I I just, he sees himself, especially if he wins the Hobie Baker, let's just say he wins the Hobie Baker award this year. Let's go on. I I won't say he will, but let's just say he will, you know, under our segment right now. Well, excuse me, under your segment. Will he see himself as a bottom six uh, forward for the Philadelphia Flyers? No. A Hobie Baker award sees himself more than likely as a top six within the organization. Can the Flyers fit him in within the top six? I just don't see it. Especially, you know, if, if say, we go after Artemi Canarin and are able to snag him, I mean, would Tanner be willing to go to the bottom six role? I don't know about that. I don't know because there can be another team in the NHL that could give him top six minutes as opposed to the Philadelphia Flyers. Now, I'm not saying he's not going to spend time at the AHL level. I'm just saying he has to see where he's sees fit in this organization. And with Jay O'Brien in our pipeline, and you have, you know, these wingers, N.A.K., and, you know, Nicholas Abe Kugel, you know, in our pipeline, and you have, you know, a a Varrobiev, and you have a Rupsov, Frost, some of them are going to have to play the wing. Would he be able to fit in the wing? I don't know. Uh, You know, and and that's what he has to see. And that's why I'm worried about him, because I don't feel as though that they will, um, he will sign with the Flyers in an event that he won't. He would be a Cooper Marotti situation where, you know, Cooper was traded last year to the Edmonton Oilers for a third round draft pick when he was a sixth round selection. Wow. And this could be another one in those tokens, although I think Tanner, you could probably get at least a second for Tanner. Wow. Uh, I, I wouldn't doubt if he wins the Hobie Baker Award, you, could, you might even be able to snag him first. I'm not sure, but I'm worried about Tanner signing with the Flyers, and it's not because he's not good. It's because he has to see where he sees fit. And that's the problem that the Flyers are going to run into here within the coming years. We have so many prospects stockpiled in our system that all these players, all these prospects have to see where they see fit in this organization. Will they, you know, will they re-sign, you know, after their ELC? Who knows? So you, you risk losing them, and you know, for nothing. And, you know, like we were fortunate. That's one reason why I think Taylor Lear, you know, eventually re-signed is because, you know what, he didn't want that two-way contract. He only wanted a one-way contract. But, you know, and so they offered him more money for the two-way. And and, and that's just just what's going to have to happen. so it's, it, almost, it's going to be an interesting situation coming up for sure.
0: So, Tom, would you say that's a, a good situation to be in if you're the Flyers? Because that means they obviously have depth, but they, they may be losing younger talent because of that.
1: Uh, it could be good and bad, because it, say say you do lose Tanner Lysinski and he goes and kills it for another team in a top six role, the Flyers would have more than likely put him in the bottom six. Here we've lost a top six player, you know, for maybe a player that we don't know yeah. how they're going to do you know in the uh, at the nhl level just because they're succeeding at the ahl level or in junior hockey does that mean that correlates to the nhl level so where i'm getting at is morgan frost although morgan is leading the ohl in points you know with 70 at this time you know but uh he may not succeed at the nhl level you know the flyers wanted him to push the puck more which he's done a little bit more this year has he done it consistently Maybe not as much as what the Flyers would hope, but he's gotten better in that role, I will say. And he had a very good WJC tournament with four goals and four assists for eight points and five games played. Wow. But And he looked very good there. But, you know, you have other good players playing for Team Canada as well. Now, I'm not taking anything away from Morgan Frost. I'm just saying that he's still unknown at the NHL level, whereas, you know, Wozinski is also unknown at the NHL level. But say Tanner starts to succeed more than Frost. What would Flyers fans think? Yeah, that's, that's interesting. Uh, so it is it, it is a good thing for the Flyers to have this much stockpile, but it's also time to start cutting the fat too. They have to see what what prospects are going that they're going to keep, and what prospects that they should move on from. And what another prospect I'd like to talk about that you didn't mention is Wade Allison, who who plays for the Western Michigan Broncos, uh, and he has two goals and two assists, four points. In eight games played. He's only played in eight games because he has a lower body injury. I just found out the other day from Bill Meltzer on Friday that he was not playing in Friday's game and would he sign an ELC at year's end because there was speculation that he was going to sign his past summer until the torn ACL. Well, I'll tell you this, I interviewed Wade Allison about a year and a half ago and during his freshman year for the Western Michigan Broncos, and he loves that team so much. He said, quote unquote, we have a team here. We have good players here, and they're all coming back. So that means to me, uh, well, I don't know, you know, now. But he loves the team so much, and I can tell you, this is eating him up, not being able to play, I can not being imagine. 100% healthy. So what I'm getting at is, I don't expect him to sign an ELC this year. It's only a junior season, so there's nothing to rush because they have until June of his senior season to sign an ELC with the Flyers, which I think he will sign. But I just think he goes back to Western Michigan to right the ship because of injuries. And uh you mentioned Wyatt Callnick. Oh man, this kid, he is phenomenal. He's also a Hobie Baker nominee. And well, and John did a very good write-up on him on seven goals and nine assists, 16 points in 21 games played. He really has really come into his own. After his freshman year at Wisconsin, he had a decent he had a decent season. He wasn't too offensive, but he was still getting his feet wet. I think he, he only finished with eleven or twelve points, and not not that that's in you know a whole thing, but he wasn't redshirted, so that's a good thing. Because you know when you're going at the NCAA level, there might be people in front of you, so you might not get as much playing time. But he still saw you know almost twenty games played, so he was playing right from the get go. So they had faith in him, and boy has he ever come out this season for the uh, University of Wisconsin Badgers, and he's pushing to play. Which is good, but he's so calm in his defensive zone. Like he, he, he the you know how the Flyers struggle sometimes, you know, defensively with uh, transition. Yep, uh, he transitions out of the zone very well. He's one of the best, and that the Flyers have at this particular time, with the exception for Hogberg, I think. But he, he can, uh, he, he can really fly, and that's another thing too. He's got the wheels. He, he reminds me, he's getting to the point to where. He's starting to remind me of a little bit like Sanheim. Mm -hmm. Uh, And yes, it's only his sophomore season for University of Wisconsin, and he still has two years left. But he's getting to that level to where, okay, I'm the guy here. I'm an offensive threat, but I know how to be solid defensively. And that's where Travis Sanheim has worked very hard here under his gap control. And that's exactly what Kalnick is doing now. His gap control is insane, keeping players in front of him, not, not giving them much space to create.
0: Wow! So that that's that's exciting stuff. I mean, that's that's we only touched on four or five guys there. There there's a, a bunch of other guys that can easily we could easily talk about for another hour. Um, but uh, those are some names I just picked, just in case you know guys haven't heard of. Uh, I I'm sure guys haven't heard of Igor. Um, to hit on a, an undrafted guy like that is absolutely huge. I think for the Flyers, they lucked out with Philip Myers, and now they got another guy. Hopefully, with Igor Zamula, uh, Wyatt Wiley. I, I love because he's got a cool name.
1: <laughs> you, you look at the Flyers organization; where or do they hit home runs with these undrafted free agents? Let's not forget that Tim Kerr was an undrafted free agent himself. Wow! And, it, and that's what I mean. Like it goes all the way back to Tim Kerr, and it's like. Look at the career that he had. Oh yeah! And, 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 I mean, they really hit home runs, and that's where honestly, I'm going to be honest. I got to give Hextall some kudos here. Fletcher has a lot of pressure on him, you know, this draft because after the draft, that's where that's where Ron Hextall took over, and you know, he, he took uh, so Hextall took some heat for not offering Kosarenkoff, you know, an ELC. But I, I trust, you know. Um, Ron Hextall to offer people ELCs and when they offer them because I tell you, how many has he missed? You know, uh, at this point, there's not many, you know, yep. and, and, and he goes after those on You mentioned Philippe Myers, and now you could add Igor Zamula to that list because I tell you, he has top-end talent there. Uh, he's definitely a mid-pairing, that's for sure.
0: That's exciting. That's exciting. So, you mentioned earlier about trimming a little fat from the roster. Let's talk about how the Flyers have trimmed some "quote unquote" fat from the the big roster with the wheel trade, uh, releasing. I'm sorry, not releasing, but uh, they sent Weese on waivers, and then yep. trading yep. Taylor Lear. Uh, yep. Is do you see a significant roster move kind of taking shape or or brewing with with moves like uh, that?
1: A- absolutely. So. I've gotten word that the, Chuck Fletcher is keen on re-signing Wayne Simmons, and he's doing everything in his power to possibly re-sign him in the event that they cannot, because I think term is still an important thing for Chuck Fletcher, uh, just like it was for Ron Hextel, and that would be the only thing holding up this situation, then he would definitely be moved. But I, what I'm saying is is I would not be shocked to hear in the coming weeks because Fletcher and Simmons' Asian have open talks of negotiations, so contract negotiations that is. So they are talking at this point. How far it is, you know, and how close they are, I don't know. I haven't been given that information. But I can confirm 100% that they are talking for that matter. And, and I, I would not be surprised to hear that Wayne Simmons has resigned with the Flyers if that that's the case. Nor would I be surprised to hear that he would be traded. But I do see a significant roster move. Uh, happening here. I could see Jake Voracek leaving if they eat some salary. I don't think Dale Weiss is a significant. Like you said, I don't think he's significant at all. I think that'd be a minor move, and I think the writing's on the wall now for a move in that way. But uh, I, 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 I can very well see Jake departing the uh, Philadelphia Flyers uh, by the deadline, especially if the Flyers are willing to eat some salary. They're just – something has to be done to this core – they couldn't have been bad again, yet again, because what is this, the third or fourth year in a row they've gotten off to this start? Yep. To me, I don't think Chuck Fletcher is blind in that area, and I think he very well knows the Flyers better than what most people think, and I know the Flyers fans know that he knows the Flyers at this point, but I think he's done his research on them, and he's had time to do research, and that's why he hasn't made a significant move to this day. He can't just make a panic move just because the team <sighs> is playing back. He has to get to know the team before he makes a move. And he has to know what's happened here in the past few years under Ron Hextall. Why have they gotten off to slow starts? Why is this? Why is this? Well, it comes down to the court. So somebody in that court, and I say that because that's where we all lean to, is the court. Let's lean to the vets and stuff to see what's going on there. I could very well see Jake Voracek leaving the Philadelphia Flyers. For who? For what? What team? I don't know. But I think at this point the Flyers would be willing to eat some salary there. That is my significant, uh, that my prediction, uh, that I have Jake leaving by the deadline. I really do. Wow. Um, I just, I just, he's gotten better here defensively. I can't knock him there. But that's been his one area that really has stressed me the most. Is I don't understand how he doesn't see himself being lazy backchecking sometimes. It is so frustrating to watch the games and just see him. Casually skating to back check. its like watching James Harden play basketball. <laughs> James Harden great offensively, but boy, does he ever stand at midcourt a lot of times too, waiting for the ball to enter his hands. And you know, and that is sort of what Jake does. I know it's a different sport, but you know, I just—I—I—I'm I'm, I, just—I love Jake to death, and he is—he is a guy in the locker room I like and stuff. And but I'm sorry, I just don't see the consistency. There from Jake, you know, back checking wise. I think if you're all in or not, and it takes five for team defense on the ice. So I hate blaming just the defense all the time. Let's blame Groverov, let's blame Gosses let's blame here. let's blame Gudis, let's play AMAC. You know, AMAC's now the throwaway. But um, you know, uh I don't think anybody takes AMAC for that matter. So let's not get our hooks up here. But uh, you know, I'm just saying, uh let, let's let you know well, why don't we ever blame the forwards for back-checking too? Because it's five, it's team defense. It's not just two defense. And that's why I think they take the parts.
0: Wow, so you think that they they could actually potentially re-sign Simmons and move check by the deadline?
1: I do. Yeah, I, I could very well see that. There, it's, it's a weird situation. I didn't think that they would be in this position to re-sign Wayne. But when Chuck Fletcher opened talks to his agent last week, it sort of got me thinking... They're trying to re-sign him, and they are. And, and he's. And I'm not. I don't. Like I said, I don't know how close they are. I don't even know if a contract is eminent. All I know is that they're talking. And uh, so I want to clarify that now. I'm not saying he is definitely going to get re-signed. I can see him being traded still, but I wouldn't be shocked, is what I mean, if, if if he does get re-signed. And if you asked me this two weeks ago, I would have said no. But being that Fletcher himself is talking to his agent means to me that he's trying, they're trying to renegotiate a contract here.
0: So for me, when, when I hear that, um, I guess it's, it's easy to be disappointed because you, we expected, uh, I had to talk myself into being okay with moving Simmons because I think he's such a heart and soul guy. He's, He's crucial to any locker room, um, especially to, to one with a lot of younger players on it. Um, so I'm okay with re-signing Simmons, it just depends on for how much and for how long. Obviously, sure. Um, I would assume that they would be able to get more for Voracek than they would for Simmons, since he has the longer yeah. contract. Um, yeah. So that's intriguing. That's interesting. Um, yeah. Uh, obviously, we have a couple weeks till the trade deadline, so I, I guess that'll play
1: out. Oh, absolutely. Uh, and, and you know what? Uh, let's be honest. Wayne Simmons coming off of this type of procedure that he had this all season, I mean, it was an, that was major surgery. Many guys, you know, having that, you know, that, that, uh, you know, type of vision, that pelvis. Injury, it's not easy just to come back and play. Uh, it takes a good half a year. And yes, he has eight goal. He has, a, you know, he has eight goals on a year and he has five assists, you know, to this point, or 15 goals on a year and eight assists, you know, for 23 points at this point. But, um, you know, he's still on pace to produce 25 to 28 goals this year. Hmm. And I think that's a, that's a good measure there saying that, okay, well he still can produce for the Philadelphia Warriors, So why would they let a uh, close to a 30 goal scorer go? And uh, you know, in today's day and age, and that's why he's looked a little better here late is because he's more than half the year, you know, uh, healthy from that procedure. And, you know, so I'm, Did I lose you, James? No. Oh, there you go. Yeah. I, mean, I, I especially with this break he had, I think he has. He's going to come back even better.
0: Yeah. So I'm excited. I mean, I'd be more than happy to take a guy like Wayne Simmons and re-sign him for another couple years. You know.
1: Yeah, permanent big term, term. Yeah, uh, two terms. to three years. Not more than. Not hopefully not more than three. He's. I, I hope. I would hope that Chuck Fletcher steers away from the six or seven years. And if I'm waiting, that's probably what I'm looking at. But, you know, if the flyers can beef money there, and they have the cap space, that's what I mean. They could beef the money and say, okay, we'll give you eight mil as opposed to six and a half million or something of that nature. Or we'll give you eight and a half million as opposed to seven, you know what I mean? For three years, so.
0: Yeah, for sure. I mean, I'd be be okay with that, sure, why not? so I don't, I don't have any anything else to add. Is there anything you wanted to add in before we wrap up, James?
1: Yeah, well, I just wanted to say congratulations, Claude Giroux this past week uh, tallying his 500th assist. Uh, what an impeccable moment for him uh, to uh, match Bobby Clark to be the only two to do such within the Flyers organization really shows that uh, Claude is a phenomenal player. He has 52 points and uh, 48 games played, so Look for him to come near the total that he did last year, and uh, you know of 102. Uh, look for a better second half on the flyer. Uh, I, I, you know, let, let, Jim. You know where I'm coming from. What if they win on this 10 game winning streak again? Oh yeah. Never put him in the midst of the playoffs again.
0: <laughs> I could see that I mean, easily happening. They have the talent. Like we, like we thought before the season even started. We yeah. we thought this team could possibly make a run at the division, maybe win a playoff round yeah. series. Who's to say they can't put it together now, yeah. you know?
1: You're yeah, right. I mean, what do we have now to win a playoff series? We have a goaltender now. Hell yeah. You know, I mean, to start the to start the playoffs against Pittsburgh, Elliott was in that, you know, for the first few games. Then And then Neuwirth came in. Now we have Carter Hart starting off, you know, would start all seven games. I mean, you know, in my eyes anyway. Because I really don't think he gets sent down. I, I'd be shocked if he does, but... You know, just for just for attendance purposes, and just for you know, you think about it, they're trying to get contracts next year for you know being on cable television, you know, for for being on TV. The more games that they're on prime time, you know, like last night against you know against Montreal Canadiens, you know, being you know hockey night and stuff. I mean, that's that's big. They get big money for that, you know. And you know, teams in Canada are going to watch that. So if the Flyers, if the Flyers say they didn't have Carter Hart, you know, playing. Uh, you know, against, you know, Montreal yesterday, would anybody have tuned in? Hmm. Canada. Not in Philly. Your Diamond Fire fans <laughs> would have, but they wouldn't have gotten the ratings that they did if Carter Hart didn't play. For sure. And, and, and that would have fell flat, you know, for being a hockey night special, you know, that that's, so let, they got to look down there, you know, look at the TV ratings, what they're going to do. You know, for that, and the way to keep people, in it, you know, in is with Carter Hart. So I think he does stay up for those reasons.
0: Yeah. So I mean, it, we're going into the break. It's a chance for everyone to reset, kind of come together again. Second half could be a brand new season, even if they fall short of the playoffs. To see guys like maybe Patrick take that next step for uh, yep. Blom to come around a little bit. To see how Carter yep. Hart plays out the rest of the year. There's things still to look forward to within this team. Um, obviously. You know, as fans, we want to see them win, um, but yep. I, I think it's important for these guys to take steps along the way. You know, and to grow as as players. Yep. Um, so I mean, it, it's 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 weird to say because we're only halfway through this year, um, but I'm already excited for for next. And and you never know, maybe they do end up going on a 10 game winning streak. Who's to yep. say they can't?
1: Yeah, I mean there, there, there's there's no one here to say they couldn't that's for sure yeah. history had shown that the Flyers have gone on these weird winning streaks you know you look at you know they lost 10 110 and then they and, and then they won 7 or something of that nature I mean it's it's and then lost eight I mean it's crazy like these winning streaks and losing streaks go with the Philadelphia Flyers these past few years and stuff but it could happen and I just want to say thank you for bringing me on Jim uh it's been an honor to come on here for your dedicated fans and you know, and, uh, to get to know a little bit about me, you know, we have a lot of things brewing here at PhillySportsNetwork.com. Uh, we, we're going to interview, you know, prospects again pre draft. So get, look forward to that. We, we, uh, are organizing an interview with Jack Hughes. And, you know, and, uh, of course, you know, I will try to nail down Caco, Capo Caco. And, you know, we'll see where we go from there with Dylan Cousins and stuff. But, uh, yeah, look for, look, look for all our, our, or you know people on philly sports network that do really good work john govay uh derrick bob Austin Mitchell, ryan boyd who's killing it uh, matt martin's killing it and myself and of course we got the great podcast shows here the angry jim you know <laughs> i mean it, it, it's an honor to do this and i just want to say thank you very James, much for having the, me the on.
0: pleasure's all mine man thank you so much for coming on i appreciate your time thank you for the kind words Uh, you guys can follow Jamie on Twitter at Jamie Basco Uh, you can follow me Jim underscore FHW and uh, yeah hopefully we can do this again Jamie thanks for coming on man
1: absolutely thank you
0: alright man take care